Have you ever felt like what you are doing doesn't matter and it's not making a difference? You can shake your heads. I'll, I'll take the affirmation. There have been days where uh, I particularly wonder if what I'm doing makes a difference, if it really matters. In fact, it was years ago um, when Sarah and I first moved here that whenever we would drive into Pearl River, we would audibly hear this voice of opposition come at us that says, what you're doing doesn't make a, make a difference. It doesn't matter. And we go, what was that? Quickly we began to realize that the enemy of our souls saw that we were moving in and operating in our gifting. And the easiest way to discourage us would be to say that our gifts didn't matter. They didn't make a difference. A couple of weeks ago, I was hanging out. Uh, we all went to a ball game. And I heard those words that every parent loves to hear. I'm bored. Uh, even now. My, uh, we had a friend years ago um, who actually taught their child that I'm bored was a curse word and that you were not allowed to utter it in, our, in their home. That's great, right? Yeah. Um, see, but, but what I, I realize in those moments when we are feeling like we're not making a difference or that even we're feeling a bit bored, um, it's because we get into this rut where we just kind of show up for life. You know what I mean? Like we wake up, get our breakfast, we drink our coffee, check Facebook, maybe tweet, tweet out the news of the day, go to work or to school, or do laundry, clean the house, whatever it is we have to do that day. And we just kind of show up get through it, close our eyes, go to sleep, and then wake up the next day for it all to happen again. Um, it's not very exciting, is it? I have news for us this morning. You and I were created for more than to just show up. God has made available to us spiritual gifts, and as we continue in our series more uh, in living the life with the Holy Spirit, uh, he's made available to us these gifts with which we are to engage the world around us. We're going to spend some time today looking at these gifts, looking at why God has given them to us, what exactly we're to do with it, and when we walk out today, I hope that you see we really were made for more. So, I want to talk about a word that's used in Scripture when we talk about gifts. And the word, word is charismata. There it is. As we talk about the gift giver, the Holy Spirit. The charismata. Can you say charismata? Great job. You all now know Greek. 
your theologians and scholars. Um, charismata is where we, do, we come up with the word uh, charismatic. Um, we in the Christian and Missionary Alliance believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit that were given to the early church are still available to every believer today. That God works and operates through all of them. So let's get that out of the way right off the bat. Okay? That means, by definition, we are charismatic in our approach to faith because we believe in operating in the full gifts of the Spirit. These gifts are special abilities that God gives believers through the Holy Spirit. Now, these gifts are not our gifts. They are owned by the Holy Spirit. They are given out, dispensed by the Holy Spirit for the purpose of fulfilling Christ's great commission to go and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them to obey everything that he has commanded. The CMA's statement on spiritual gifts says this. It says, spiritual gifts are supernatural empowerments. Supernatural. Not the, the normal things I like to do. Not, not just the things I think I'm really good at. Those are talents. God uses your talents, but he, he works his gifts through your talents supernaturally. There's supernatural empowerments given by the Holy Spirit to the followers of Christ so that they can do the work of building up the body of Christ, that is, the church. And there's an end. And extend the kingdom of God throughout the world. Now, God is still releasing these gifts today. So we're going to begin to look at these gifts, and we're going to start with their purpose. Here is why God is releasing gifts through you and through me. He does it to manifest his presence in the body of Christ on earth. That when we're operating and we're working in gifts, the presence of God works in them and through them so that his kingdom would come. They remind us of our dependence on one another. We're going to get into that one a little bit later. They build unity in the church. They edify the church. They reveal the living God and they bring glory to God. The purpose of gifts is not for you or for me. To gain any fame or glory. To build our own kingdoms. It is, it is not for us to go off and to do our own thing or to be divisive. So these gifts are found primarily in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and in 1 Peter 4. So we're going to go through a list of them. If you've been with us in this series you know that in this series, we're really liking doing lists. We want you to see the full 
picture of what God is laying out to us. This is the full picture of what is available to the body of Christ. Lest you think that you are limited in your ability to fulfill what God has called you to. Here they are. The Holy Spirit gives us words of wisdom, like supernatural insight into things that are going on in the world or in situations. He gives us words of knowledge, these specific details that you couldn't otherwise know. You walk into a room and you see somebody in the back and you go, oh, that person's name is Jim. And later you walk up and you go, hey, your name wouldn't happen to be Jim. And they go, how'd you know my name was Jim? And you go, the Holy Spirit told me. And then, Jim, you've been divorced. How'd you know? Jim, you're, 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 in, you're feeling a lot of pain and insecurity. How'd you know? Because God who loves you and who is letting you know that he knows you. You have not been forgotten. And he wants to deal with, with what's going on in your heart. Get you back on track, buddy. Gift of faith. That un overwhelming knowledge just that God will do it. You ever been someone around someone with a gift of faith? Oh, they can be so annoying sometimes in the best way. You're like, I don't know what's going to happen, and my life is falling apart, and I don't know where the money's coming from, and, and it's a mess. And they just go, it's okay, God will, God will take care of it. Like, I don't, but how? And they're like, I don't know, but he will. And then he does. Gift of healing, this, this restoration of, of health through prayer. Now remember, these are supernatural things. These are things that you and I, in our, in our own abilities, cannot possibly do. We've had moments and seasons where we've seen the gift of healing just being released in this house. We've seen people get up out of wheelchairs. We've seen babies have ear canals rebuilt and the deaf hearing. We've seen God do some amazing things that he has done by releasing his gift to people and through them. Working of miracles where God is actuating the work of God beyond the laws of nature. It's Jesus turning water into wine. Try it sometime. Who knows? Prophecy. Heard today that we're, we're offering a prophetic course. Listen, some of you are going to, if you show up at this thing, you're going to realize that there is a gift of prophecy that is available to you. Gift to be able to proclaim, to know and proclaim God's truth right at the right moment at the right time. The discernment of spirits. You know what is, you know in a moment what is the Holy Spirit, what is a demon, and what is the flesh. The gift of tongues. The actual ability to speak in a different language. This is different than a lot of times if you hear tongues that are being spoke during worship. Um, that is an edification gift. That is something that is being released. It's a prayer language, uh, the way scripture would, would speak it. But this is actually somebody getting up, proclaiming the truth of God in another language. This is what Paul talks about. There needs to be order in this. The interpretation of tongues Someone getting up, and if, if, the, if the person getting up and speaking in a different language 
I've, I've heard stories of people in the room, someone gets up, and they're from, like, Pittsburgh, and they start speaking some, like, African tribal dialect, and there happens to be a visitor there that day who stands up and goes, that's my tribe's tongue. And they're declaring to them the good news of the gospel because God loves them so much that he would use us to be able to speak his love to their heart. And if that person does not exist in that room, then the person with the gift of interpretation of tongues would stand up and say, hey, this is what God is saying. He's getting our attention. God loves to grab our attention. He does it in ways a lot of times that make us feel uncomfortable. I thank him for that. The gift of helping. So you have the gift of helping. Oh my goodness. I, I walk by a trash can one moment and it's full, and the next moment it is not full anymore. And I go, whoa, what happened? Where'd that come from? I love people with the gift of helping because you never know that they're doing it. Gift of administration. Man, you, you can orchestrate all of the details to get done what needs to get done. The gift of service, that you joyfully work behind the scenes, um, setting up chairs, assisting leaders. There, um, oh, I'll tell that story in a little bit. I'm going to hold that. Pinned? Okay. Um, the gift of teaching, the proclamation, to be able to proclaim and to train about the word of God with simplicity. Exhortation, which is a little different from encouragement, but it's the ability to inspire, to encourage someone to be who God intended them to be. It's more than just being a cheerleader and going, hey, you can do it, buddy. It's going, God has a calling on your life, and I am going to do whatever it needs to, whatever it takes to get you there. We're going to meet, we're going to have coffee, and and I'm going to encourage what needs to be encouraged, and I'm going to correct what needs to be corrected, but we're going to get you where God wants you to be. The gift of giving. Some of you have the gift of giving above and beyond just whatever is deemed the minimum giving, whether you believe that that is 10%, whether you believe whatever that is, that every time someone gets up, we had Jack Sarah this week from uh, Bethlehem Bible College in Palestine who was visiting with us. The person with the gift of giving would go, Jack, who do I make the checkout to? And then they just write it out. They're not thinking about, they're just, there's a generosity that comes along with it. The gift of leadership, the ability to preside over, to govern wisely. The gift of mercy, showing sympathy to the suffering. I am grateful that there are people in our midst who have the gift of mercy. The gift of apostleship, to begin new kingdom works. The gift of evangelism, to clearly present the gospel to the non-believer. The gift of shepherding, to give care and to guidance for the long haul. The gift of grace, to extend the forgiveness and the love of God in a supernatural way. There's a gift uh, outside of some of these, in 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about his gift of being willing to face martyrdom. That's a gift. We, we might not experience it here in our context, but there are people all over the world that Holy Spirit releases to them a supernatural ability to face the martyrdom that is coming at them. There's a gift of intercession. 
the gift of hospitality, making the stranger feel welcome in your midst, the gift of martyrdom, the gift of celibacy. Some of you are going, Holy Spirit, not that one. There's a missionary gifting, the ability to go drop everything, go to the ends of the earth. And the gift of voluntary poverty. Don't say, God, I just lay it all down at your feet for as long as you need me to. All I have is yours. So the Holy Spirit gives us these gifts. He gives us the gifts that he wants us to have when they are needed for as long as he wants us to have them. Some of you may operate in a gift for your entire life. Praise God for that. Some of you may, may have the Spirit of God give you a gift to meet a moment. Praise God for that. Where we get confused is when we see other people operating in their gifting, and we get a gift for a moment, and then it goes, and we go, what did I do wrong? Did I mess up? Did I miss something? No, sometimes they're for life and sometimes they're for moments. It's okay. But there are definitely times where there are blocks to the release of gifts. They look like this. My pride gets in the way where I say I will only use what I deem as my gifts in any setting or only the ones that I choose. Maybe I will only use what I am comfortable with. Someone walks into the back of the room and they are clearly bleeding. And you go, that's nah, not my gift. Surely somebody with mercy will walk by them or, you know, something else. But they'll, you know, I'll pray for you, brother. And then, um, meanwhile, they're bleeding out on the floor. No, there are moments where you just get up and go and, like, help the person. Then take them to the people with the hospitality gift if they are a stranger, or with the mercy gift if they need to know the compassion, for, if they need compassion for their suffering. Following me? Okay. Sometimes our identity gets in the way. We find our value in our gifts. We find our worth in our gifts, not in the giver of the gifts. And so we get really hurt when we feel like our gifts are not being used. Sometimes there is misuse or abuse where people use their gifts to manipulate others or to create codependency. Sometimes we just have ignorance about our gifts. We don't actually spend any time learning about the Spirit's gifts. We don't spend any time in His presence hearing from Him directly what our gifts are. Or maybe we come from traditions that say that the gifts are no longer appropriate for today and active today. Sometimes it's doubt where we say, I don't believe that God can use me because, and you fill in the blank. Sometimes it's our idolatry where we worship the gifts and not the giver. Sometimes our fear gets in the way. God, if I step out in this, I might make a mistake or I might sink like Peter did, stepping out onto the water, or I might look foolish. So to illustrate how this can be a problem, Paul gives this analogy of gifts working like parts of a body. If you have a Bible, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 or your device. 
um, or look on with a neighbor or friend, say, hey, neighbor, can I look at your Bible? Awesome. Okay. He says, now, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, like in that old life that you used to live, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray by these mute idols, right? Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So he's saying, this is for those of you who are now know Jesus, you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are now declaring Jesus Lord, so let me teach you about gifts. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. And he goes on, and, and he lists out some of those gifts that we had just spoke about. Verse 11, he says, all of these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines now. The body, that is you. You are the body. The body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit into one body whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free, and we are all given the one spirit to drink. Now, the body is not made up of one part. You are not all the same. Thank God for that. Because if you were all like me, I would either like, be very vain or I'd be really annoyed really fast. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined all the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And then he gets into revealing what some of those other parts are. Do you hear what Paul is teaching and he's saying? You are important to the body of Christ. You. With whatever gifts he has given you, there is no gift that is to be honored 
We, we can't go, look, my gift is really amazing and awesome, and just because my gifting is maybe to teach, and so I get to be up front, does not mean I have a gift that is more important to the body of, of Christ than the person who, like, is changing the trash, or to the person who, in quiet, goes and visits a person in the hospital, a neighbor that we don't even know here in the church because the gift is for the church and it's for outside of the church. So the point of having a gift is not to be seen. The point of operating in our gifting is not, is not so that we feel this sense of importance. No, the gift is that the kingdom, so that the kingdom of God would come and would fall in our midst, and it would overtake our church, and it would overtake our neighborhoods. And then he would do this work in us and through us. So we can't all be a foot. First of all, that would smell awful. And the church wouldn't function as it's intended. You want to know why churches don't grow? Look no further than how we're moving in our gifts. Look no further than when we get jealous of other people and their gifts. Look no further when we're only told certain gifts are okay. And we end up feeling like our pieces don't fit. Do you ever give a Mr. Potato Head to a two-year-old? Get this Mr. Potato Head, and there's like a foot where the eye's supposed to be, and there's like an ear in a place you don't even want to describe, and it's, it's a mess. You tell them like, oh, that's really good, honey, but you're like, that thing, if I, it's just going to fall off the table if I put it on the table. That's what Paul's talking about. Don't try to be a part that you're not. Don't try to operate in gifts that you don't have. But you do need to know what gifts you have. That is, that is important. A.W. Tozer wrote, while our Lord Jesus was on earth, he did not accomplish his great deeds of power in the strength of his deity. I believe he did them in the strength and the authority of his spirit-anointed humanity. Holy Spirit is available to anoint you, to use whatever gifts that he has given you. Jesus is our example. Though the focus of Acts is on the ministry of the apostles, we also see that lay people exercise spiritual gifts. And that's in Acts. Acts 6, Acts 8, Acts 9, Acts 10, Acts 19. Thus, every believer can expect God to work through him or her with spiritual gifts. Every believer. Means if you have put your faith in Christ, then the Holy Spirit's just like itching to release gifts to you. What he does, that's what his functions. And remember that 1 Corinthians 14 reminds us that love is ultimately the goal of our gifts. So, how do we discover these? Well, again, you all have the Holy Spirit, you all have gifts, and you all have a part to play. 
So we remember that the discovery of spiritual gifts is a spiritual pursuit, first and foremost. I know many of us, when we go, I don't know what my spiritual gift is, we jump right to a spiritual gift like assessment or inventory online. Have you ever taken those? They're like, hey, if you, if you like to like, clean people's houses, put four. You know, if you like to do these things, they're okay. They give you a, a good idea of what spiritual gifts are. Problem with those is, number one, they can be really easily manipulated. You can go, oh, I probably have that, but I don't really feel comfortable with that, so I'm definitely going to put a one because I don't want it to be my gift. Right? You've ever done that, right? Um, I used to always, mercy always showed up at the bottom of mine. And I'd be like, ah, oh, I'm an awful human being. I don't have a mercy gift. And the Holy Spirit would go, it's okay, there are a lot of people around you who do. And as you become more like me, you're going to see mercy be released through you. So don't sweat it. So here is how we can discover these gifts. First, we need to pray. We need to spend time in the presence of the gift giver. This is a good place to start. No one better knows what your spiritual gift is than the Holy Spirit who is giving you your spiritual gift. So if you don't know where to start, get in a quiet place, ask him, and then sit and listen. He'll tell you. He'll affirm things in you. He'll affirm some of the ways that you were created. That you go like, God, why, why am I like this and everybody else is like this? He's like, because I made you that way. And I'm going to use you for my kingdom. Wait till you see what I can do through you. <laughs> it's a good place to start. If someone gave you a call and said, hey, I've got a check for you. You just need to come over and get it. You would like thumbs up emoji that phone and get in the car faster than you'd know what to do, right? Like, I'm on my way. Guess what? The Spirit of God is saying, I have gifts for you that no one else can give you. And they're actually, through them, I'm going to release who you're actually intended to be. All you got to do is just come, come to me. thumbs up emoji that one right whatever the thumbs up emoji of the soul looks like let's do that second we study the scriptures together again first corinthians 12 to 14 all about gifts romans 12 all about gifts ephesians 4 all about gifts first peter 4 he talks about these gifts read the book of acts see how very normal people were overcome with the supernatural work and, and release of gifts of the holy spirit in them and through them to begin to affect change in a culture that did not in any way shape or form make room for the good news of the gospel of jesus let that encourage you it is possible You might ask those who know you well. And they might say to you things like, you know, I am really amazed 
that you can talk to people so easily about Jesus. You might, maybe you have the gift of evangelism. Or they might say, you do so many unseen things without being asked. You don't demand any credit. Maybe you have a gift of service or a gift of helps. They might say, you've like organized stuff really well. You have the gift of administration. Or they may say, hey, that time where we were like short on a bill and without even thinking you paid it for us, you might have a gift of giving. Ask the people who are around you, who know you well. They probably know what your gifts are. Paul reminded Timothy that his gifts were imparted to him by the laying on of hands. Go to your leaders. Go to the people in your community who are, who are running far with Jesus and operating in their gifts. Go to them. Have them pray over you and impart to you gifts. In 1 Peter 4, he says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Finally, in this, just serving in the church is a great place to start. Serving in your neighborhood is a great place to start. Serving in your place of work is a great place to start. You don't have to announce, hey everybody, I'm using my spiritual gifts now. You know, walk into Key Bank and be like, bank teller, I'm about to unleash my words of knowledge. No. You walk in and the Spirit of God prompts you. And you walk up to that teller and you just say, hey, how's your day going? Because the Spirit of God has already told you they're going through something pretty deep. And they go, oh, I'm having a bad day. Okay. God wants you to know that he hasn't forgotten about you, that you're precious to him, he loves you. Can I, either, can I pray for you or I'm going to pray for you today and watch the seed of the good news of the gospel be planted in them. I said it before, Pastor Andrew is starting up a simple prophetic course next Wednesday night. Some of you definitely want to jump in on that. I really believe the Spirit's gifts are waiting to be released to you through it. So, I'm going to leave us with some of these thoughts. Confirmation through the body and its leaders is really important when it comes to these gifts. And there's a, a group called uh, the Unstuck Group. And they think a lot about these kinds of things the ways we've done things as a church and maybe trying to reclaim some of the, the ancient ways. So they say this. They say, rather than... There we go. Sorry, they were backwards. Rather than taking a test, we need to be more cognizant of the people around us. Where do others need help? How am I compelled to respond? The Holy Spirit will prompt a response. We just need to act. We don't have to wait for the church to create a program or a ministry to respond. We can respond immediately because we are the church. 
This approach to help people discern their gifts removes the barriers so that people can be mobilized into ministry today. People don't have to sit around wondering, how will the church use my gift? Instead, they can watch for the needs and the people God puts in their lives and jump in immediately to use their gifts and help the church fulfill its mission. We are not a stagnant body. We are a body on the move. Your spiritual gift is like operating a muscle. You've got to use it. If you don't, it will atrophy. Jesus' design for the church is not to be an atrophied body. It's to be a strong body. So if you are stuck or you are bored, it is time to start using your gifts. One of the most joyful people I've ever known in my life was a man named Samet Ep. Um, his family moved from Cambodia during the time of the killing fields. Uh, There's a lot of pain in that. Samet would, without being prompted, walk in, start setting up chairs when they needed to be set up. When the service was over, things needed to be moved around, he'd pull out tables, he'd set up chairs. All the while, he'd be praying. He found his spot of service in the church. Because he started using his gifts very faithfully, leaders around him noticed it. And before you knew it, Samet was an elder. See, just like in Acts, when the leaders of the church went, there's so many people here, how can we take care of all of this stuff? And the Holy Spirit says, hey, set aside some folks who will do the simple work. Stephen is among those, right? And all he's doing is setting up, all he's doing is like serving food and, and making sure the administration of food is being taken care of. So just a couple of chapters later, he is, he is being martyred for his faith and proclaiming the gospel. Start using your gifts now. You have no idea where God is going to take you. So we're going to do a little activation. A couple minutes we have left here. I'm going to give you a scenario. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to start to release to you some gifts. Release to you your knowledge of your gifts. Okay? So just close your eyes where you're at. Holy Spirit, just we invite you to come, you the gift giver, and would you start speaking to people um, some gifts? Would you start to show them how you have uniquely made them to respond to need, to respond to whatever is going on around them? Here's a scenario. Your neighbor's house is caught on fire. They've lost everything. How are you prompted to respond? How are you prompted to respond? You might, you might have a prompting. I, I think we need to organize some people to pray. 
where I think we need to go tell them that God knows them, hasn't forgotten about them. I think I have some insight into where God wants to speak truth to them. I think I should write them a note of encouragement. I think I should pay their next month's electric bill. I think we need to get some people together to clean up and help them. Maybe I think we need to organize community folks together and get them some assistance. Or I think I should offer my home or a meal to them. See, whatever the prompting is, all you are doing is being your part of the body. But because you are being your part of the body, all they are feeling is the overwhelming love of God for them because love is the goal of your gifts. Would you stand? Put your, just put your hands out in front of you. We're just going to pray just a prayer here of, of activation. So I ask Holy Spirit that you, um, in these next coming moments, in these days, and these weeks, would begin activating your gifts in us and through us. Lord, we would be moved like never before to be in your presence, to hear from you, to be informed by you first and foremost. Lord, whatever, whatever blocks exist uh, in using our gifts, like the ones we talked about this morning, we willingly take them and we move them aside. Say our pride cannot get in the way of your kingdom. My, my need to feel like I am important cannot get in the way of your kingdom. I will seek out these gifts. I'll no longer be ignorant. Lord, whatever it is, we, I move them aside. And I ask, Spirit of God, that you would come and you would reveal to me how you made me to operate and function this day in this place where you have called me to live and to move and to have my being.